will believe and confess that Jesus Christ was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Amen. Amen. So we're going to get started. I just wanted to ask everybody. You don't have to give a reply so much. But who enjoys being deceived? Probably nobody. I know I don't. Uh, I've been deceived plenty of times. I'm sure just as many people, especially in this world that we're living in. And deception is not something that we want to live in. And so uh, I know the deceptions that I've had have cost me plenty of money. I was deceived one time or scammed, we call it now, but it's the same thing. Went through a little drive-through, and somebody uh, gave them my card. Next day, I had some charge in Texas on some weird stuff. And that, that just wasn't a really good feeling. And the other one, I was buying some equipment, and next thing I know... Um, I, I went through all the process. I thought I checked everything. I thought it was a legitimate business. I talked to a rep. I did all these things. Lo and behold, to find out as I was waiting for the equipment to be delivered to the shop that it was supposed to go to, it never came. And so I started asking more and more questions, whereas eventually I talked to the rep, and then the rep was the one that told me, man, something's not right. He thought he was working. So there are all these broad schemes of deception that are out there, and it's really just not a whole lot of fun. And being deceived basically means you're being uh, swindled, and you're being led to believe something that's just not true. And so that's really what deception is, and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, today. So before we get started, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning for your goodness, for your grace, and your mercy. Father, you have been a good God to us. We ask that through this time, Heavenly Father, we all will be edified, Heavenly Father, in this world that we live in, and that also, Heavenly Father, we will also learn to be uh, brothers and sisters of light in this dark world. We give you all praise, honor, and glory, and we thank you again for this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So if everyone could open their Bibles to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. We're going to start off there. It's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. And uh, once you get there, say amen, and uh, we'll... I heard some amens out there, so let's go ahead and uh, read that, and we're going to get started. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is, not hid to, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of, of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So again, in, in, a chapter, in verse 2, we see here Paul talking to the Corinthians. And as he's talking, he's telling them that as he comes to them, he's not being deceitful. He's basically 
putting aside all of those type of things so that he can come straight to him because he was commissioned by Jesus to do what he did, to start churches, to, uh, to be a, a minister of light to the Christian church at that time. And so we see who has blinded the mind of those that don't believe. So when we see people out in the street doing things that they ought not do, we know that that is a definite act of the adversary because the adversary is the one who deceives people. He's the one, he's the swindler, he's behind all of those things. And it may not be him uh, in particular, but he has agents that he sends out basically just to mess with our lives, you know, to do things just like we have angels that protect us. The adversary has agents that come out and, and do things to us. And so we don't want to find ourselves in a situation where we're caught up battling with the adversary. We want to make sure that we know who our protection is, which we know that that is Jesus. And so as a result of that, we know that um, those minds that are blinded, we don't want to be like those people that are in the world. We want to make sure that we're not being deceived, right? So as we do those things, that as we walk in our lives, we want to avoid as much deception as possible. The adversary, though, he, he has also um, dealt with some believers, and he's deceiving believers from the simplicity of the gospel. And how do we know that? Because, again, Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 through 4, he tells us about those that are, that are believers whose minds are being drugged away from the simplicity of the gospel. So, again, we're going to use our Bible here. We're going to go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 through 4. So just a little bit further down the road in the book of uh, Corinthians, and you'll see uh, where we are. When you get there, you can say amen. Amen. Everybody's there. So we'll read through there. Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in, the gospel, that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which we have not received, or another gospel, which we have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. Okay, so what is Paul saying here? He's again talking to the church in Corinth. So basically he's saying that, that there are other people that are coming to the church that he started, and preaching other stuff, and people are bearing with it. So in the beginning, in, in the first verse, he was actually, I think, being a little humorous, saying, you know, bear with me in my folly. And so what he was saying was, if you're bearing with those people, then bear with me as well, because I'm the one that got this whole thing started. And as a result of that, these people, this church that he started, was starting to err a little bit, and they were being deceived. They were being led away from what they originally believed. He said that they, they preached another Jesus that, uh, whom they have not preached. Uh, they received a different spirit. They heard another gospel. And that's different. And we don't want to fall into that same line of living. We want to make sure that in everything that we are not being led away from Christ. That is the adversary's biggest tool against us. 
and he doesn't just come out, you know, with, with the horns and everything and, you know, uh, harshly. His way is subtle, it's smooth. You know, it said that he beguiled Eve. So what does that mean? He beguiled her. He charmed her. You know, he was smooth. He was, you know, he walked up to her and he, she didn't give any real resistance to what he was saying. And as Pastor had preached, I think, uh, in, in the other message uh, last week where he talked about this, you know, he, the, 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 the devil knows how, and he's done this for centuries. He's done it over and over and over. And we have to know what that voice sounds like. And, there's, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that voice sounds like. But we have to remember that there is simplicity also in our gospel and what we believe. So I want to spend a little time here talking about what it is that we believe. Because the title of our message today is Deception from the Simplicity of the Gospel. Deception from the Simplicity of the Gospel, excuse me. So let's talk a little bit about what we believe. And it's very simple. It's the simplicity of the gospel. So God sent his son Jesus from heaven to earth to redeem us from our sins, first of all. It's pretty simple. He was born of a virgin. Her name was Mary. Jesus lived the perfect life. It's free of sin. And I know we've probably all heard this a gazillion times, but we're going to hear it again so that we can see the simplicity of what this gospel is. He healed people. He did good everywhere he went. And what was his reward for that? For that, he was scorned, then crucified on a cross. And as he was being crucified, crucified, he still did good. In fact, when they came to the garden to get him, Peter pulled out his knife and struck the, struck the, um, struck the soldier's ear, cut it off. What did Jesus do? Got down there, put the man's ear back on. He, Jesus knew what was, about, what was going on. He knew he had been deceived by Judas, but he still was in the mode of always doing good. So even when he was on the cross, he told John, the disciple that he loved, take care of his mother. There were two other criminals with him. He told one that today he would be with him in paradise. He was always doing good everywhere he went. After he died on the cross, he rose on the third day, and he was seen by over 500 witnesses. This is what we believe. He stayed here on this earth after he rose from the dead, from the grave, for over 40 days. And he gave instructions to many, and you can read about that in Acts. We're not going to go there right now, but in Acts chapter 1, uh, in, in Acts chapter 1 through 3, you can read about some of the things that uh, Jesus commanded his disciples to do while he was here. So it's very important that we recognize that our gospel is simple. And if anybody comes to us with anything that is different, then we need to start backing away from that. And there are some things that we need to do. So what do we do when people come to deceive us? There are some things that I know that I do. So when I'm watching TV, like sports or whatever, there's all kind of craziness that comes on, different commercials. I'm constantly rebuking those things in my mind, in my heart, because there's just certain things I don't want in my eye gate, I don't want in my ear, because all of those things become a part of our heart. And if you're not, especially in this day and time, if you're not constantly watching what you allow inside of you, it, it, that's a 
Again, that's what the devil does. It's his job to draw us off. So while I'm doing those things, I also have my little remote in my hand, and I'm consistently turning the TV. And if I'm watching a game and something crazy comes on, I turn it back. You know, I'll turn it off, do something else, and then I'll turn it back on. Some other things that we need to do, I, I believe anyway, and this isn't in the Bible. It doesn't say it uh, anywhere in Ephesians or any of those places, but I'm sure it does talk about it uh, in a broader way. But our use of internet, I've had to watch social media. It, it's very addictive. Uh, there are some things on there that you probably don't need to be looking at anyhow. Uh, so there are different things that, again, it doesn't take much. It can, the, the adversary has been, again, dealing with human beings forever. God has too. So he gives us those tools, and that's why we're here talking about that. But as you... Um, looking at social media, it gets very addictive. I don't do the TikTok thing, but a lot of the kids that I'm around, they do, and they can't turn their head away from it. So some of the ones that I work with, they'll have their earphone on, and sometimes they'll put two on. I don't know how we work with two earpieces in, but they do. And uh, they're TikToking, I guess, because when I call them, they don't hear me. Hey, and they still got their head down, you know? And I'm like, uh, you're supposed to be working. But it can be very addictive, and, um, and, I can, and there's, you know, there's, there's binge watching and all these other things out there, and there's other things, too. I'm, I'm just kind of giving a, a, a brief synopsis of some things. But we have to be mindful of what we allow, again, into our spirit and into our heart. So what I'm going to do right now is um, we, we, we talked uh, about being deceived, and part of not being deceived is following Jesus, because being obedient to him keeps us out of deception. So I'm going to do this little, this little uh, exercise here. So I'm going to have to kind of put my mic down in order to do it, and y'all are going to help me out as well. Uh, but I will take no liability if anybody hurts themselves on this. You don't have to move. Nobody should get hurt. Just be careful, okay? So I'm going to use this little scenario to talk about... Um, something that, uh, just, just being obedient and being observant, okay? So, I need everybody, if they would, to raise their right hand. Can everybody do that? Everybody raise their right hand. So, I have to put this down here. Since my uh, mic isn't working, maybe I can, yeah, okay, I can kind of talk. So, everybody's raised their right hand. So, take your right hand, put it on your nose. Got it? Okay. So raise your left hand. Everybody got it? Raise your left hand. Everybody to take the left hand and put it on their right ear. Everybody good. Say everybody good. Right ear. Yeah, there you go. Other right. There you go. All right. So when I say switch, I need you to take your left hand, put it on your nose, and then put your right hand on your left ear. We ready? I'm giving you a couple seconds to think about it. <laughs> so you're going to take your right hand. Y'all should, I guess everybody online sees me up here, but y'all can't, y'all just see the back of their head. But anyway, when I say switch, right hand on your left ear, left hand on your nose. Switch. 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 Okay. I think everybody needs to practice on it. So, I, I, <laughs> so I've actually been, I've, I've, I've gotten that one from a long time ago. So a good friend of mine, when I first started working at this job many years ago, um, I didn't know I was very, very perplexed by it because I thought the job was one thing and it was really something else. But he told me, 
And the guy's name is Jeff Riles. He's a pretty good guy, has a decent name in the community. And he told me, he said, look, we're going to go do this. I need you to just watch me. Okay? He said, just watch me. Just watch me. And to the best of your ability, just try to repeat some of the things that, I, that I'm doing. And over time, you'll get it. And he was right. I did. So we went into this meeting, and he did that. And so he had started talking just like I did. And it was this really, really, really great icebreaker, I think it was. So saying all of that to say, in the same way, Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything that weird like that. You know, ask us to do those type of tricks. But he does ask us to do certain things here in life. And if we do those things and follow them, we can avoid the deceptions many times that we fall in outside of scams and things like that. But, you know, dealing with people that we probably shouldn't be. And sometimes we, we look at our situation or just people we're around. If you, there's a, there are guarantees in, in, in Christ. And those guarantees are that if you follow him and are obedient to him, there are certain, there's certain things that you're going to receive unto yourself, and there's certain fruit that you're going to bear. So remember that, and uh, I won't be upset if you use that somewhere. Just make sure you throw a disclaimer out there before you do, okay? Um, okay, so I want to talk again um, about how to, how to avoid being deceived. So one of those things, we all know about praying, Obviously, we pray to Jesus, we pray and ask him, and we build relationship with him. We should mingle with uh, like believers, we should, where we are here at church. And I'm sorry, uh, bedside Baptist doesn't count. Now, there's some people out there online, you, you need to be there, and you're listening, and you should do that. But if, you're, if your membership is with bedside Baptist, that means you're in your bed watching TV, the Bible tells us that we should be with like believers, that we should Get out, and we should be around people that believe like you because there's something that you can receive as a result of being around people that believe like you versus just watching the pastor on TV. So for those that may be watching this, you're going to want to try to get out, and if it's not here, you want to find somewhere where you can be around people because it's important for you to build, um, to, to, to build up your defenses from the adversary. So also, one of the other things that we do is we read our word. Uh, and not just read it, but read it for understanding. It doesn't have to be 15 chapters every day. It could be a scripture or two. It could be a few that you're truly trying to understand. And again, that kind of harkens back to, as I was mentioning, about being in a, in a place with like believers. You're going to meet people that you can rely on. You're going to meet people that you can trust, that, that, that you can talk to about scripture. And even if not, you can seek for yourself the true meaning of what's going on. So it's not enough just to read your word. Got to read it and understand it because God said that he would give us wisdom liberally. So if there's things that you don't understand, he's already said that in his word, that he'd give us wisdom liberally about reading his word. So some of those other things that we can do, uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, when you hear certain things, um, anything that is said or spoken against the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God, and his sovereignty, rebuke it. Said that earlier. Know that Jesus came so that we might have eternal life. And don't be like Eve. Don't listen to the serpent. And if for some reason you did, your knowing and your knowledge of the word will help you in those situations. Because if somebody comes and tells you something that you know not to be true, somebody's coming to, again, deceive you, you know the word. You can refute that. 
But if you don't have anything built up, if the word isn't hidden in your heart, then sometimes you can miss it. And we don't want to miss that. We don't want to miss eternal light because we're being pulled away. Another thing that we can do, you don't want to be rushed or pressured when making decisions. We don't want to be anxious for anything. In Philippians, Philippians 4 and 6, uh, you don't have to put it there. You don't even have to go there. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So as we are moving forward in our lives, some people will, or some of us, myself included, and I know I've done it many times, instead of going to God first, I start thinking in my head. So thinking of times that we've all done things, and I know for myself, I've thought, and then I'm on my knees praying because I messed up. Instead of praying, getting the sound and right answer, and then moving forward to what it is. And whenever I do that, I always find myself on the wrong end when I think. And so just like I, I, I tell some folk, you know, or when I'm at home and uh, have young people there, and I say, look, do this, and they start doing something different, and then they get the wrong result from what I was asking, they're always like, oh, that's all I ever get. Oh, I don't ever get any retribution. I don't get anybody to say, oh, well, I'll go and buy that, or I'll fix that, or I'll do this for you, Mr. Lloyd. No, it's oh. I always just get oh. Never any retribution. And so my whole point is telling you to do a thing, and this is how God deals with us. He tells us to do a thing. We may not know everything surrounding what that is, but he's trying to keep us out of deceit and deception and wrong living. He tells us to, to do certain things, and when we don't do it and we don't get the result that we want, we're upset because we thought. We don't always have to think. We should pray first. And, yes, we got to think. We, we need to be knowledgeable of a lot of things, of different things, especially our, the, the Word of God. But it's more important to hear him first and then do what he says, kind of like what Abraham did when he brought Isaac up that mountain. You know, he, he, he didn't know. He, he wasn't sure, apparently. Abraham had enough faith that he figured if this knife comes down on Isaac, God's not going to kill his own people. He, he's going to raise him up. He's going to do something. He's going to bring him back. But he was obedient. So just be obedient. Being obedient to God keeps us out of deceit and keeps us out of some situations that just aren't good, that aren't good for our lives and that bring us in spaces that we don't want to be in. Um, the last one that I'm going to give you, and I know these aren't earth-shattering or anything, but in Job 12, 16, you can put that one up there, and it's very short. So Job, we all know the story of Job. Uh, you know, he was a righteous man. He was a good man. And then all of these things, the, the, the devil got on his life. The Lord allowed the devil to get on his life because the devil can't do anything that the Lord doesn't allow. And he told Job, he, he told the devil that he couldn't kill Job. And so... Um, he was going through all this stuff. All of the things and stuff that he had were taken. His family was taken away from him. And he had some friends, and one of his friends was Zophar. So Zophar was trying to comfort Job. And Job, part of when Job was answering him, talking back to Zophar, Job said, with him, meaning God, with God is strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. I'll read it one more time. He says, with him, with God, is strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. 
So basically, to me, this scripture, what I, what I gathered from it, is that whatever is going on, there are people out now making, uh, from, from what I understand and from what I'm hearing, there are people out there now making a career of scamming. They're going on the dark web, and they're finding all of this stuff, and that's what they do. That's how they make a living. The deceived and the deceiver. I was the deceived a couple times. God knows. There he is. We're all his. Now, are you his child? You get to make that decision. The deceiver is his. The one that's out there doing whatever they're doing, we all have retribution that we will have to pay. And so we get to make a choice on some things. And those choices will lead to, one, if we're not uh, conscious of our, of our flocks, if we're not constantly looking and, and being aware of what's going on around us, then yes, we're going to get deceived because obviously we know that we live in a world full of people that do that kind of stuff. But then on the other hand, those that are doing it, they're going to have to, they're going to have some stuff to pay and it's not going to be good. And, um, you know, we don't want to be caught up in those type of things uh, on an on a ongoing basis. So, So we know that Satan, again, has, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. I want to go back and I want to uh, reiterate a little bit about what God, what the adversary has done to believers and why it's not, um, why as a believer we should, be, we should be built up enough to be able to resist. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. However, if you never resist the devil, you should have no expectation of him fleeing. So what does that look like, resisting the devil? I can't get out here and push against him. I can't punch him with my hands. But there is this word of God that tells us what we should be doing. And as long, again, as, as long as we are being, keeping our ear and our heart to what God is saying, then we shouldn't have too many opportunities where the devil is deceiving us. And even in those times when he does, we need to make certain that in every way we are crying out to God for his help and resisting the adversary so that he will flee from our lives. The gospel is simple. What God has told us about himself, we should be sharing with others as well so others won't be deceived. You'll hear me saying this throughout this uh, message today, deception. We don't want others to be deceived. We have people in our families. We have people that are friends of ours that we want to be saved, that we don't want them to fall by the wayside. There are cards in the back of our church. I don't know if any of you guys have listened to them or not. I know for a good while I didn't listen to it, the little red and blue cards. If you haven't, you should. I think it's an awesome tool that we can use in our, in our uh, walk where we're ministering to people. It doesn't take much. It's not weird. Uh, it doesn't take a lot to give it. And the information is pretty concise. And then people get an opportunity to make the choice themselves. The simplicity of our gospel is so simple and it's so irrefutable as far as I'm concerned that we get an opportunity to witness to people and keep them and save their souls from hell. Whether they choose to do that, whether they choose to believe in Jesus or not, that's up to them. 
The Bible, we, we've already talked about the adversary blinding the minds of, the, of, of, of uh, unbelievers. They're deceived. And we do whatever we can for them. And even for some people that say they are believers, you still may need to give them that card. I did that the other day because just talking to the guy, he was a nice guy. He was over doing some things. Uh, we talked, we talked, and the Bible says, try the spirit by the spirit. And I sense that he probably dealt with God some. You know, he said he went to church, and, you know, just this conversation wasn't ratchet, I guess, for lack of a better word. But I still sense that there was something more that he needed. And so as we talked, I gave him the card. And so whether he listened to it or not, you know, I, I can't force him. I invited him to it. I told him if he had any questions to call me. Not that I can answer all his questions. I, I don't have every answer. But what I do know is, is that what we believe, the gospel of Christ, if we present that to people, it will help some. Maybe not all, because they'll have to make a decision, but it will help some and save their soul from hell. Because, again, our Jesus lived. If we can look at all of the other religions out in the world, none of them really refute that Jesus Christ was here. They may refute the miracles. They may refute some other things again. So, so, so you believe that's really what you receive. However, it is important that we continue not to fight with people, not to get into arguments with people about what they believe. That, that's not what God called us to. He didn't. He didn't. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But we don't have to beat anybody down. We don't have to be in disagreement with anybody like that. We do have to be truthful, though. And that's where we have to be strong in, in what we believe. We must be truthful. We can't just lean about, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The, the truth is one God, it's one faith, it's one baptism. That's what we believe. And as the days continue moving forward, it gets rougher and rougher out here. And our message sometimes is not, is, well, not sometimes, it's definitely not now, received as well as it was maybe 40 or 50 years ago. But it's incumbent upon us because God is going to judge us when he sees us whether or not we were afraid. Were we ashamed of him? I don't want to be ashamed of him here because my expectation is to go and be with him and have him say that he was not ashamed of me. And so... With that, I'm, I'm saying all of that to say that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were real people. Jesus was a real person. Paul, real people. All of these people in the Bible were real people. I, many times I hear people say, oh, some men just wrote that. They wrote that. So it's either one or the other. So I tell people when I'm ministering to them because I don't want them to experience the flames of hell. I don't want them to be deceived. I tell them, I said, hey, man, I can't tell you everything, but start off with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Take your time, read it, search it out, and either one or two things. Either Jesus was a lunatic or Jesus was God. Ain't much in between. He was either a lunatic, <laughs> a man that said, believe in God, believe also in me. He, he was either crazy or he was God. I believe him to be God. I believe that because of who Jesus is and because of what he has done, because he was the only person, and, and maybe somebody else did, and maybe I missed it, but he's the only historical religious figure that I know of 
that claimed to never sin, to be free of sin, that died, rose from the grave, was seen by 500 people, and went into heaven with all power in his hand. So if, if there's another out there, bring it forward. I'm, I, I would love to know. But I haven't seen it. I haven't heard anybody refute that. All I hear is people saying, that ain't real. Deceived. Minds blinded by the devil. We don't want to have our mind blinded by the devil. I'm assuming that everybody took the time out today to come to this building. I, I, I assume those that give, they're not just giving just to do a good thing, because if not, you should take your money, eat, live, party hard, and go on and do whatever it is you're doing with your money and keep it. Because we know that money is a, a, a huge deceiver of people, saved and unsaved. But if you're doing those things, you're taking the time to come and hear a message from God, if you're giving to your local assembly, if you're taking the time to read your word and doing all of those things, do not be deceived. Continue doing what you're doing. Do not grow weary in serving God because what we believe is true, it's truth. You're not on the wrong side. Don't be weary in well-doing. And I'm just trying to encourage everyone because I know sometimes myself, you get out there and you, you hear all kind of craziness, but many times you don't see that person that's off on the side looking at you and in admiring your courage for how you live and what you say and for the stances that you take that may not be popular, that may want to know more about you. But the only way that we can deliver the message is to stand and be obedient. When we've done all we can do, stand. That, that, that's all you can do. When, you're, you're, when there's something that's given to you that's unpopular, you have to weigh it out. Is it wrong? Is it ethical or not when you're on your jobs? If it's wrong, you can't do it. If it's unethical, you can't do it. But if it's not and you just don't agree with it, we have to move forward and not just move forward with it looking grumpy, making me do this. I don't want to do that. No, but we do it with a good heart. And I know it's hard. I know, it's, I know there are people out there that um, they get under your skin, that you want to tell them all kind of stuff that you can't tell them and that you would probably make God a little, look at you a little different, and your coworkers as well. So don't blow your witness. But we have to be those people. We have to be light in this dark place, and that's the only way that we draw people away from darkness. That's the only way that we keep people from being in deception all of their lives is by living it out. And so I just wanted to encourage everybody and, and, and make sure that everyone know that we serve a true God, true Christ. We understand that everything that sets itself up against Christ is anti-Christ. We don't want to... We, we want to make sure that the things that we are viewing and bringing in, that we are giving to our children, giving to our families, bringing to ourselves, is not anti-Christ, but it is of Christ. And if we can stand firm, remember what we believe as believers, that the simplicity of the gospel, it's, it's simple. And it's not something hard that we, should that we have to share with people, that we can get, bring people out of deception by sharing the gospel to them, then we can also be people that please God in a way that helps them, that, that we can please God in a way that helps other people to come out of darkness and not be uh, deceived. So with that, that's all that I have. I just wanted to encourage everyone 
uh, I want to thank everyone that uh, is here online and that had an opportunity to listen to this message. Uh, I know it's not as long as we normally go. I'm sure all of you guys were like, go longer, go longer. But this is what we have today. So just want to make sure that everyone is encouraged that we are not serving the wrong Jesus. If you're serving that Jesus that's in the, in the, in the Bible, if you're reading and seeking him, that you're serving the right Jesus. That was pastor's message last week about the wrong Jesus. But the, the Jesus that we serve is true and he is real. And we don't want to be deceived from the simplicity of the gospel. Amen.